Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing that wonderful invention, sliced bread. Peter, uh, yeah, why, what, what are we talking about this for? Uh, so uh, uh, Chris who's isn't not... sliced bread great yeah, yeah so Chris is not here today so we can be as rude as we like about him with his with his finger on the technology pulse as ever yeah uh, we, 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 we're, we're doing a project at the moment which is a uh, a sort of survey of technologies and we were looking at all sorts of technologies that um, uh, are currently under development and research uh, that are to do with humans interacting with computers quite, mm. quite a fun little project um, and uh Chris was astonished to discover that there was a thing called e-ink. Uh, it com- <laughs> completely passed him by. Well, hold uh, on, not just Chris, because when we talked about this in research, I had no idea what you were right, talking okay. about. Think, I, st- think, I still don't really know what it think, is. But... Think Kindles, right? Yeah. So the screen on the Kindle is is what's commonly known as an e-ink screen. It's a uh, it's sort of similar in many. In, it, it looks similar to liquid crystal display, but actually, it kind of works more like an etch a sketch. So do you remember it? So yeah, it's, I certainly do. It's a bit like that, but very, very small level. Okay. Um, so, uh, so it, 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 we got thinking. Well, why, why do, why, why, why do we have the idiom "the best thing since sliced bread," and rather than the best thing since the transistor, which would well, arguably the... be a much more significant invention than sliced bread? Yeah. Uh, so. I guess, you know, why are some inventions that, you know, are so lauded and others are not? They just go unseen, really, but exactly. are yet being wonderful. Yeah. As Could I... you have had the the Kindle if it weren't for the Etch-A-Sketch? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, the technological determinism is something we might want to get onto. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I've I, never, I'd never thought of that. that the Etch-A-Sketch was basically a, a Kindle which you could where you could make your own things. Yeah. So it's better. It was like a, a kind of... <laughs> make your own book on a kindle yeah well i i've got a my remarkable tablets like a sort of um adults yeah. sketch but yeah no I, I don't know if there's any inspiration from it it just gets to the invention of e-ink but um anyway. i didn't know you could get adult etch-a-sketch i guess you get them from well, those adult shops it's right? a digital notebook but, that uses yeah. e- yeah, e-ink it's a grown-up etch-a-sketch yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so well, let's answer that question. Why is why are some inventions famous more famous than others? Um, Peter, do you want to carry on? Um, yeah, well, just just explore it a little further. So, I mean, there's been um, obviously significant inventions which have had a huge impact on like health and well-being and everything else. Things like you know central heating and concrete and um, uh, manufacture of steel, antibiotics, um, white goods, cars, e- electrical uh, generation and distribution, and clean water. These things have pretty big, right? But they've all kind of gone all. They're all mundane, aren't mm. they? They kind of, you kind of you sort of pass them by. No one cares really... about the fact that we got clean water. Yeah, really. but people still no, obviously no. get excited about sliced bread because we still use that idiom. We do. And yeah, not... and, well, uh, but the the archetypal visual invention is of course the light bulb which, um, you know, appears above your head when you get a good idea. Mm. And I'm assuming that that happens, uh, first of all, obviously, because there's illumination. But but I I doubt, and I'd certainly never seen someone in a 19th century illustration have an idea by a candle appearing above their head. 
So I suspect also the 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 light bulb obviously is maybe Edison's most famous invention, mm. and is I think the perfect example of an invention. Um, in what sense? Well, it's it's like it's there. It is. It's a thing you can point to. It looks quite different to what was there before. It, the actual discovery process for what worked as a light bulb was apparently fairly long and arduous. Um, and when it was done, it's done, and it's basically unchanged for yeah. the last you know hundred yeah. years uh, until very recently. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you, this question of what makes a what makes an invention significant, and then what makes it famous, mm-hmm. what makes an invention famous. Um, I want to kind of go back a bit and ask what an invention is, because yeah. I'm I'm more and more convinced that there's no such thing. I mean, is this about iterations? Are we well, I would say about? that, like, if you imagine the space of possible things you can do with stuff, right? So, uh, you, take take a take a dishwasher, right, and then take a washing machine, and now gradually morph one into the other, right? I, I so. So that you have, you know, in, in between, you've got what, something you that clothes and you've got something that washes socks because you by you know you putting them on on a little rack and then it squirts water at them, kind of thing. I, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is yeah. that I don't, I'm not sure. Every obviously, every invention has to depend on previous inventions and in some way sort of concatenates a bunch of other inventions. So you can't have a light bulb until you've already invented electricity, for example. You can't invent electricity until you've got magnets and you can't have magnets until you've got certain kind of, you know, tooling to be able to, you know, isolate them. And so there's this kind of things just all the technologies that we have today, you know, are a kind of sediment of of, of kind of ideas, tiny little ideas um, that, that you know have, have, have sort of encrusted over the years so down at the bottom you've got wheels you know there's probably even wheels in mobile phones i, I mean you know wheels are everywhere right and then halfway up more recently you've got sort of um you know you've got like uh different kinds of metals you know and metallurgy and then higher above there you've got your transistors and everything is layered on top of that and i and i wonder if it makes sense to talk about you know meaningfully about the idea of some little portion of that being an invention but um, well, you yeah. have to, otherwise, how are you going to have that discussion? Well, I you know, know, but it does become really difficult because then you start to wonder whether or not the, you know, I mean, is the car an invention or is that the car actually just a carriage uh, and an engine? Yeah. You know, and, and is, of... is, is, a, is a carriage an invention or is it just, you know, a uh, certain kinds of metallurgy and woodworking and no, wheels? But, you know, what but... is the where's the which bit is the invention? No, but we, for example, ourselves can make a judgment on that, i.e. us three here. Do we want to call the aeroplane an invention? Um, you can talk about, well, well, well I, I, it's got this, it's got that. Well, let's just say, yeah, it's an invention. I, I think it is meaningful to to label certain convergence of either a, either different technologies, different materials or processes or combinations of those and call it a thing. Because yeah. there's the first time that someone did that. So mm. take the car. Um there was carriages and there were there were engines before the car existed and it was the when that somebody decided let's put an engine on a carriage mm. that you got the car invent the car was invented mm. as a unique combination of those things sounds okay to me i'm happy with that well okay i mean i you know but what i'm saying is i'm not sure i'm not sure it is physically like meaningful i'm not sure it carves out a space of the world that is different like once you call it an invention is it something that's qualitatively different? I just wonder if it's not just a slightly arbitrary apportioning of a label to something. But anyway, look, let's shall we? Let's crack on. 
I'm slowing things down with my philosophical. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're just. Yeah, yeah. With my attempts for, to get us to think clearly and coherently. No, attempts for rigor. Yeah. We don't want any, yeah. don't want any of that. Yeah. No. Uh, so I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about inventions. Do they exist? We've decided yes, they do exist. So um, why are some more inventions more famous than others? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Versus yeah. But also, can, how do, is there? Can we? The difficulty which I found of being able to measure the significance of an invention i think partly because of what i'm on about so, so i mean i wonder if it's the case that 100 years from now 200 years from now um a thousand years from now people would be saying do you know what we don't even think about you know the internet I, you kind of forget that that existed well i suspect um, that, that's, that that became that is actually yeah. more and more yeah what i mean my kids don't unless i'd stop them and tell them that there's such a thing as the internet all they see is the services they get through it mm. they don't even think of the internet as a thing it's just yeah. life and 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 they 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 call it google and i'd say no google's just a search engine on the internet mm. like uh and uh and so i guess you know what i'm saying is that every uh, almost all technologies rely on all other technologies in a way no you're going um, down that avenue again no no but, no, 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 but, no but look no, i'm not because so the thing is that yeah okay go on well what i was going to say is it just the case that um you know i don't know what year the light bulb was invented but you know for the five years after that everyone was wandering around going, 1880 there we go so between 1880 and 1900 everyone was wandering around going oh my god this is amazing and then and then later on we forget it and it's just the same with the internet is that is that is that all we're talking about and sliced bread okay it's just because it entered you know it's just entered that phrase well sli slice bread wasn't actually the the guy who invented the bread slicing machine and unfortunately i didn't weirdly i didn't actually make a note of this but uh the guy it was a big thing at the time like it was a machine that they sold to bakeries i think it started somewhere in the u.s and it was huge you know every bakery that got the bread slicing machine suddenly they were they were besieged with people desperate for their delicious sliced bread because it took so much of the pain in the bum out of uh, mm. bread slicing mm. so so yeah that idiom survives more so than the recognition that bread slicing was ever a thing we needed mm. it seems mm. so familiar to us but mm. uh mm. okay look where do we want to go with this um we've well, decided more or less that inventions exist. well i've tried to look for correlations between famous inventions and significant inventions but peter may may, may be ahead of me no I, I was gonna say we could explore why it is that what are the what are the mechanisms that cause some things to sort of fade to mundane to the yeah. mundane versus some things that are ever prevalent so, so i mean you are you're I, I, i'm well let's do that and we'll then we'll come on to what you were mentioning there nick yeah okay uh peter so like just take for example i mean you're the 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 smartphone it might be because it's always in your in your hand and in your field of view, but that feels to me like a sort of fairly significant recent uh, congruence of different te different things that, mm -hmm. were, that were there before, but um, is prevalent in not only your life but also sort of social the sort of the cultural narrative. People yeah, talk yeah. about mobile phones, you're using them too much, or there's a new one out next week, and all this sort of stuff. Whereas something like concrete. Right, mm. invented a long time ago. The Romans basically invented concrete, but the in the last hundred or so years, the the production of concrete is just exploded. And people who are into concrete uh, are, uh, get very excited about because there's so many different types of concrete, and the way that concrete is made, you can tune it to how to have any kind of properties you want. More, or less. I'm starting. I'm getting really interested in concrete now, as I hear you talking. But it's about uh, it, yeah. but but most people be like, oh, concrete. Yeah. It's really really mundane, really boring. Have you seen Have you seen that film Lock with Tom Hardy in it? 
Uh, where he's no. basically driving his car and speaking to people on speakerphone. No. It's the only film I know which has really tackled head-on the exciting world of concrete. <laughs> he's a concrete engineer. Okay, yeah. And he's got a one of one of the many things he has to juggle on his journey uh, is the fact that his assistant will be supervising the poor mm. the next day. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really complicated. It's like the biggest concrete poor for uh, you know uh in europe or something and wow and uh, so his assistant is gonna have to manage getting it all in at the right time and stuff but no you're absolutely right that was the first time i'd ever really thought about the fact that concrete is a you know yeah. a thing that mm-hmm. people so have to worry a, about similar things steel is probably a better example because metallurgy is a really advanced science and constantly making new ground but steel is a as a material is exquisite you can you can tune its parameters to be lighter or stronger or more flexible or more brittle very very finely and the, the sort of the understanding of the chemistry is incredible but you know people think steel oh that's kind of yeah it's in buildings and my car's kind of made out of it but mm. the amount of sort of the knowledge that the piece of steel represents is, is astonishing yeah if you pick and up a, everywhere if you pick up a fork and ask someone what the invention is they'll say a fork <laughs> fools whereas the steel is the exciting bit mm. um mm-hmm. indeed that's in fact that's one of the examples i was thinking about but uh yeah i mean so I've found that, I mean, I think the problem is there isn't really a way of, of, of deciding what the significance of an invention is. It's very hard to do that because when you look at something like, um, you know, the, the water wheel, for example, which is considered to be a very significant invention, well, is it actually importing significance from the wheel? Or should we, like, it, could it, if, if, if you need a wheel to have a water wheel, then it must be the case that the wheel is more significant than the water wheel by itself, if you see what I mean. So that significance must must transfer. So I think it's very hard to, to judge the significance. But you look at these lists of, of uh, technologies and, it, you know, most of them are pretty familiar if you've ever played Civilization on the computer. Yeah. It's yeah. all of that. It's all wheels and compasses and, you know, the telegraph, refrigeration. Nuclear bombs. Uh, yeah. Well, nuclear weapons. Yeah, our words are backed with nuclear weapons, mm. all of that kind of thing. Mm. But if you look at what people say are there are the famous or well-known inventions it's essentially i mean they're idiots people are idiots and well, they, what and sort of stuff do they say well, it's essentially have something they touched this morning like as far as i can tell it's it's always stuff like that so i found a survey from 2005 asked people to name their top invention bbc right um internet four percent bicycle 59 percent <laughs> <laughs> okay but so so transistor well, right eight percent of people say is their top invention this doesn't make any sense i i, I mean and then I, I found another thing which was a survey that's a company called product focus had done the top 25 inventions of the last 25 years top of the list is wi-fi now peter am i right in thinking that wi-fi is simply the internet on radio <laughs> yeah right so i mean <laughs> You know, they've got the internet, they've got radio. You put it in something called Wi-Fi. Hey, presto, people are all over it. They love it. It's the best thing that's ever happened. Best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, number two is smartphones. And number three, and this is really depressing, the third top invention of the last 25 years, online banking. I I, uh, am at a loss, to be honest, to come up with any particularly coherent theory. But I think building on what Peter was saying, I, I would go with... The things that people are aware of are things that are self-contained, are a thing that you can point to, an area of space, and say that's that thing. Mm. That is a bicycle, um, and or but crucially, that consumers can use it directly. Mm. The thing, 
So what is the most significant inventions are ones that people won't have heard of, but they're all to do with materials that things are made from, components like transistors, um, industrial processes. You know, everyone notices things getting cheaper over time, but what they don't see is the enormous amount of research and development that have gone into making those processes to churn those things out more efficient. Like, you know, the Amazon's um, logistics algorithms are incredible. You know, ordering something and getting it the same day well, everyone just enjoys that bit. They don't understand what the invention is that's behind it. So, for example, if I would say to you, turn that question back to you, the, uh, what's the, your favourite invention of the last 25 years? An answer that I'm not saying this is your answer, but you might say something like, uh, well, the algorithms or the, the, the process, the, whatever it is that made the processes behind Amazon possible, for example. That's I, what yeah, we should I, be thinking I, I, about. I would, I'd probably go with something in the in the area of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Um, and it, it, that's not because there's some specific thing that's been invented, but more the progress that has been made, mm. which mm. is the progress that's been made in it is is the significant thing, not a particular invention where you mm. can say, well, that that bit there is, you know, the self-driving car algorithm. That's the invention that is, you know, is, is really significant. Mm. Mm. Peter? Uh, I yeah, just... I, 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 yeah, I I was I was grappling towards a similar kind of a, a similar unifying theory as to why things fall out of uh, out, out of um consciousness and it was s sort of related so the things that i the the really important things like they might have mentioned steel concrete antibiotics central heating blah blah, blah um they are they they're all, they're all quite technical so you, you and they're they're um they're they're not immediately visible they're sort of they're either a component or a supporting thing or something that's sort of there but not the main thing you're looking at so when you look at a building you don't see the concrete and steel you see the facade you see the shape and design mm. of it it's that's all facilitated by the materials it's built out of but it's not the thing you're kind of looking at you're seeing it but you're not looking at it so it's like but in order in order to understand the magic the, ma the, the magic in the steel you have to you have to read quite a lot of books and most people haven't got are interested in doing that yeah 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 yeah. actually that's prompted a thought uh which is about the 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 problem of opacity in modern technology um which didn't exist i mean i i, I think you know if you look at 50 60 years ago how, how much of sort of popular literature literature kind of you know the magazines that kids read and stuff was all about like fun inventions and machines and stuff that did stuff and how exciting things were in the 19th century when you had a new kind of, you know, you could look at a steam train, you could look at the bits and you could work out how it worked by just by, you know, by someone guiding you through it. And big, you know, things that move and all those um, even things like the first computers, like the, uh, you know, the, the analytical engine and stuff. You could look at it and work out how it worked and then marvel at the ingenuity of it all. And I think I wonder if actually the problem is that now more and more things are just something on your smartphone. And uh, and less and less visible, and so it could be that actually, you know, when people go, oh, the best invention of the last twenty years is the smartphone. Well, that really is thousands of inventions that are making a smartphone do do what it does. But we we're just going to sit there and see it as one thing. Yeah. I wonder if we if the idea of inventions at all is going to disappear. That people will just sort of, you know, mm -hmm. because there are fewer and fewer things that are going to fall into that category. Yeah, that's so. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've got a question for you. Um, I don't know if this is a good question or not. Um, 
I remember once uh, on one of our podcasts, Nick, we were talking about you were talking about asbestos, right? And yeah. and you said I just had no idea that was a naturally occurring thing. Yeah. Um, well, similarly, I've got a confession to make here, which is there are still certain inventions, some very basic ones that I just don't understand how they work, right? And that I find just magical. Try me, Fraser. Try me. Yeah. So I think the difficult one here would be Peter. But so, for example, records and record playing. I just still don't, I do not understand how that needle going on that bit of vinyl somehow turns into sound. Face, I don't understand. Face, face palm from Peter. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Peter. I, I you're, don't, a, you're a sound engineer, right? You're, well, you're, not, you're partly a I'm sound, not, you're partly a sound. I'm you're partly part, a sound engineer. Yeah. Um, but for him, it's like it's like witches and wizards and alchemists just yeah. blending things together and then they work right. uh, without needing to understand yeah. the mechanism. I think, yeah. I think also we've, even, we've hit on the distinction between a technician and an engineer. You, yeah. You're not an engineer. I'm not an engineer. But also, and I mean, if, if that's how I feel about about record players, how do you think I feel about mobile phones or toasters? I mean, I, I mean, actually, I think probably toasters and mobile phones are not in quite the same area. But anyway, that's my... They that's, are quite different. Yeah, right? they are quite yeah, different. Yeah. I once, yeah, I tried making a call on a toaster. It just did not work out. Yeah. Um, Burn yourself badly, yeah. yeah. So that's my question. Is it a question that's worth answering? Yeah, uh, yeah. What's your kind of Peter most... Peter must have a technology black spot somewhere. Yeah. What's the, what's the thing that's a, a, an invention, a fairly common thing that you go, I just do not understand that? Oh, I, I can't think of a fairly common one. Or, okay, uh, an uncommon one then. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, I, I've, I'm slightly baffled by how quantum computing works. Um you're expecting what? him to say fridges. <laughs> no, he's gone straight for quantum computing. Yeah, I'm what? still, First I'm still all, working is, that out. What is quantum computing? Okay. Um, well, he doesn't know, does he? That's the whole point. No, no he doesn't called, know how it works. So so traditional computing, silicon computing, like in your phone, um, relies on little components, okay. which have certain states, and the states are usually either one or zero. Okay. Quantum computing uses a different kind of state, uh, a different object to store the state, which is a qubit, you know, and usually that's like one atom uh, or one subatomic particle yeah. that can have more, many more than one uh, uh, but many more than a binary state it can have many millions and billions of states that's in essence what it is it's using a different medium to do the computation that's using quantum properties rather than electrical properties okay so I don't even understand what it is now you've explained it so okay. let alone how it works so I'm not surprised you know that really fast computers yeah Anyway, well, let, let, I think, you know, before we sort of go down that rabbit hole, I mean, that's what you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Nick? Yeah, this is more something I sort of... I think we're talking about things where you sort of understand it on an intellectual level, but at the visceral level, you go, no, that's just impossible. And for me, it's the um, Google Maps 3D feature. Mm. And I don't know if you've used that, mm. but it is they're basically all of London now, and yeah. the increasingly large bits of the world. Now you press 3D and Google Maps satellite view turns into a 3d model yeah of the of london and you can zoom in and and swivel it round and look at the backs of buildings and it's all it's amazing i don't understand it i, I mean i you know basically they've done something with maths mm. to work out which bits of the images that they've taken all these 2d images they've got mm. somehow they've worked out which bits are the backs of buildings and they've pasted it onto a 3d model that they've somehow generated but for something so unassuming, you know, it's just there. It's a little button in the corner and it turns into what to me would be. I mean, if, I, if, if someone had shown me that, you know, when I was a kid, 
I'd have, that's all I'd have done. I'd have sat there all day looking at Google Maps, mm, and now yeah. it's just there. I, it just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so just before we finish, um, Peter, explain to me how does a record player work? Okay, so <clears throat> sound, right, is the movement of air. Yeah, that your ear picks up because there's a there's a drum. Your eardrum moves with the the movement of the, yeah. of, the, of, the of the air. Yeah. So you can so in the same in the same sense you can move a diaphragm to generate that movement of air like yeah. a speaker does. So um, the record, the groove on the record has little little bumps and grooves, little bumps and sort of variations in the in the in the in the groove, which create the same movement in the speaker if it's when it's amplified mm. to create that movement. So all so all the all that groove is is like a is like a picture of the sound wave that's produced by the sound that you're trying to reproduce does that help it helps okay i'm so, not i'm not okay, going to say i'm not going to say have you ever have you ever taken a comb and rubbed it down uh, the edge of a table to make a sound yes right see i mean for me the big step that i don't really get is how a bunch of clicks can be a sound like it's just bumps like different clicks can become a sound but <clears throat> that's the bit that i could never really get my head around is how is it that just by you know, by making some some clicking noises mm. really fast, you could turn it into music. Mm. That, but but the comb example really helps yeah. for me because the point is that that's how our ears work. Our ears work that such that when it's slow enough, it sounds like clicks, but when it's fast enough, it sounds like a musical note. And it's just you know, it's just how your ears work. Okay, are we any closer to solving the mystery of record players? Well, very much so. Good. Uh, and all I'll say is, um, yeah, thanks for that, Peter. And, and next week we'll be discussing um, tapes, and then <laughs> after that we'll move on to CDs. Well, ta- tapes is a natural extension. No, I don't. No, I do, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. Uh, I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Peter Cockle and Nick Hale of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.